Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, Grace Avenue. Happy 2024, starting tomorrow. This year, 2023, has been a great year. I want to say a huge thank you to all of our teams who made this year incredible, especially our setup and teardown team. You know, we're not having services today, obviously. Uh, I decided to record this video, and as a staff and as pastors and teams, we wanted to give everyone off on this Sunday, really to be with their families, and really as almost as a thank you for such hard work that everybody did this year. So again, we are so grateful for everyone who set up Tear Down, made this year incredible. Thank you for that. I wanna take some time to really encourage us this morning, as I would in the pulpit on a stage on Sunday morning, you know, where we meet usually. I wanted to just take this time to speak to you while you're in your homes. Maybe you're watching this on your phone, in your car, in your bed. I don't know, wherever you are. I wanna wish you a happy new year and encourage you in the word. So we are heading into a new year, a brand new year. And most people right now are thinking about the next 12 months. They're thinking about the future. They're thinking about this last year that has happened and the new year is that is to come. And a lot of times when people frame their thinking moving forward, they're thinking short term. They're not thinking long term. Uh, they're thinking about the next quarter or the next half a year or the next 12 months, mostly. They're asking the question, how do I make this coming year better than the last year? And, you know, in the Bible, we don't really see a lot of people taking on the new year uh, with these kind of goals and uh, strategies. But what we do see is people thinking big, broad, and long term. They're thinking eternal. And when we read the scriptures, we see all of these different people that God uses. He uses people and their stories and their character, their failures, their mistakes, their decisions, their choices. And when we look at them, I guess it would be easy to say or safe to assume that if we were able to talk to some of these people today, maybe David or Moses or Abraham, and we were to sit them at a table and say, hey, did you know that your decisions, your choices, and all of your life is going to be studied, not just for the next 12 months, but for a long time. Hundreds of years, thousands of years later, people are going to be talking about your life. I think they would be shocked. And, but at the same time, I think that many, many of them would probably say, well, hang on a second. Let me think long term and let me think bigger and broader than just short term. Because these choices that I'm making, these uh, decisions that I'm making are going to impact people for the future. Well, our life and our lives, our families, our decisions, our choices, they impact people for the future. And a lot of times, it's a lot longer than people anticipate. Um, my hope for Grace Avenue Church is that it's generational. Janelle and I have always talked about that. We want this to have generational impact. We don't just want one generation, but a generation after that to receive the blessing uh, that our faith 
began with so long ago. And today I wanted to encourage you with that as we start and look into 2024 and, and look at Hebrews 11.8. I want to read this to you. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Okay, so here's Abraham, the father, right, of the faith. Uh, our Christianity, when we think about it, we, we look back to our Old Testament roots and we see Abraham beginning with this journey of faith. And when it says that he was called, he was responding to God, and it says he was going out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. That was me. That means there was a promise that God had for him. And he was leaning into this faith that was calling him forward. Right now, as Christians, this is our whole life. We're leaning into faith with everything. Faith for our salvation, faith for our children, faith for our future, faith for tomorrow, faith for the next year. So faith plays a huge part, and all of that has its roots, if we look at it, in Abraham. Now, when we say faith, that's such an easy word to say, but think about what faith was for Abraham. It meant embracing uncertainty, embracing uncertainty. It meant embracing the unfamiliar. So here's a man who's packing it all up, and he's stepping out with everything he has and everyone he knows and going against the grain and and as people are saying, where are you going? What are you doing? He doesn't have a lot of answers. He's responding in faith and driven by faith. In other words, there's this reality in front of him that has no guarantees, no certainty, nothing familiar. So I say that so that when we think of faith, we think of it in these terms. For a lot of people, faith is just what they feel, but that's not faith. Faith really has nothing to do with feelings. Faith has everything to do with Jesus and who he is and what he's called us to. So I want to ask you the question today and get you to think about this as I'm asking you today to begin thinking not just about next year, but, but further than that, to think long term and think about how you see the future, how you see 2024. Um, are you seeing through the lens of faith? Are you seeing with this long-term perspective? Are you seeing that there are possibilities and opportunities and work that God wants to do in you, around you, and through you that extends beyond 2024? I mean, let's be honest. Our days are only known by God. Uh, I hope I have a long life, that I get to be blessed with a long life. But if not, I want every day to count. I want every single day to count before God. In fact, um, we're, we're told to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This is what scripture tells us, that we're to make the most of it because of the way the days are. Now that was then, now look at now. Days haven't gotten much better. They seem to have gotten worse. So what is faith then at, at the center of our thinking? Okay, faith is how we embrace everything that God says about us. Whatever God says about me in his word and by his spirit, I take that on by faith, okay? So faith is how we embrace everything God says about us. Secondly, faith is how we accomplish everything God has called us to do. So what are you thinking about for this next year? Maybe as a family, maybe as a married couple, maybe as an, as an individual, maybe as, as a single parent, 
maybe, maybe this last year was very difficult. Maybe it was filled with a lot of disappointment. Is that affecting the way you see the future? Okay, and maybe what God has called you to do. I want to tell you, God's people in his word went through significant difficulty, significant adversity, yet in their lives, we see they accomplished the purpose of God by faith. So by faith and obedience, people stepped into what God had for them. So again, faith is how we embrace everything God says about us. Faith is how we accomplish everything God has called us to do. And faith Lastly, is how we finish what God started in us long ago. My journey of faith began long ago, but faith is how I finish what God started long ago. I don't get to ride on easy street all the way until I go to be with Jesus someday. I have to finish this race in faith, and so do you. So faith is what you're gonna need for 2024 and beyond, okay? Now, let's take stock of 2023. What was it like? Was it great? Was it not so great? Was it disappointing? Was it discouraging? Was it triumphant? Was it victorious? Was there adversity? Were there challenges? Where did God come through in ways you didn't know possible? Maybe where did he not come through the way you thought he would? Where do you feel let down? Where do you feel grateful? I think it's important to take stock of these things as you're looking towards the new year and be careful and be sure not to bring the baggage of what was into what God has. You know, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 tells us that many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. In other words, there's a lot of things we're dreaming up. There's a lot of things that we think are gonna go a certain way. There's a lot of plans and strategies and vision and hopes and goals and dreams that we've built up on the inside and we've set our sights on. And sometimes those things work out and it's amazing, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes we experience adversity and setbacks and it causes us maybe to question God or question our own faith. But really, when we look at God's word, it tells us that there's a lot of plans that we've got going on that... In truth, really, it's God's purpose that's going to prevail, not necessarily the plans we've dreamed up. So think about that. The Lord's purpose for your life is more important than your plans. The Lord's purpose. But it'll take faith to really embrace that. To see beyond last year. I'll give you an example. We aimed to purchase a building from well over a year ago. We thought at, as a church and even as our pastoral team and our staff, we thought, oh, we'll move into this new facility where we currently are now, and we'll be there two months, 60 days, you know, four months max, and then we extended the contract to six months, and now we've almost been there a year, and heading into this new year, by God's grace, we're still able to meet there. But I can be honest with you and say, I did not think we were gonna be there that long. I had plans in my heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that's prevailing. Now think about all the great that's happened there. We've baptized people there. We've met people there on campus who've been led back to the Lord. Their faith has been encouraged. Uh, we've had people for the first time ever who come to church there. That was their first experience coming to church right there. So God's purpose was greater than our plans. Now our plan is still to, to purchase and to settle and find a place that's ours. But I just want to encourage you that even as a church, we're trusting in faith 
that God is leading us, not according to our plans, but according to his purpose, okay? What I'm saying is that if you're reaching for anything that God has put in your heart, anything that you're reaching for um, that he's put in your mind, that he's just dropped into your spirit, faith is the key that unlocks the door and unlocks the next step. It will always be faith. Uh, We expect things to just kind of be handed to us, but the truth is it's faith that gets us there. So what am I saying? That I think this year it's critical that we as a church, you as an individual, align yourself with voices who are speaking faith. Maybe you need to put yourself in a text thread, a group chat with people who are speaking faith, who are accountable to each other, who are taking chances, who are persevering, people who are taking risks, who are believing God for the promise like Abraham had and had to have, believing for themselves the future that God has for them. You know, maybe it's a time to to really align yourself with a mindset that understands God works things out over time by his purpose, not by our feelings, not by our plans, not by our desires. He works things out according to his purpose. I wanna tell you a story about 15 years ago, before, right, right before, a couple of years before Grace Avenue started, I had a dream. And in this dream, um, I remember I was kind of dressed respectively, kind of casual, uh, not super professional or corporate, but just kind of like how I dress now. I try to try to meet the moment where it's at, casual, professional, whatever. And in this um, dream, I see a long hallway of a building, and I can tell it's a church building, and there's three different rooms. And I remember before I walk into the first room in this dream, I'm kind of straightening my coat and you know making sure I'm presentable. And then I walk into this room and I sit down with someone who's facing something very difficult. And I'm listening to this individual and I could tell their, because of their demeanor and what they were going through, that there was a lot of stress and anxiety that they were walking through. And somehow I was listening to this person in the dream and praying with them and talking with them. So I'm encouraging them in this situation. And then I step out of that room and I go about 10 steps down, go into another room. And in this room, I was dealing with someone else and I'm sitting with someone who's grieving. They're grieving, there's a lot of tears, there's a lot of sorrow, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of pain and hurt. So I'm listening to them. I remember the atmosphere of the room felt incredibly heavy in that second room, right? Um, I could feel the weight of it. So then I finish in that room, I walk out, go another 10 steps, go into the next room. And in this dream, I'm sitting with someone and I'm congratulating them. I'm excited for them. I'm sitting with them. I'm giving them a high five. It's just a celebratory atmosphere. And then I step out of that room and I remember in that dream, I could feel almost the whiplash of mental, emotional, uh, and spiritual whiplash that I felt going from those three different rooms and how each one felt a certain way. I could feel the weight of them in the dream. And uh, what, what I saw was that those different rooms represented three different things that I want to talk to you about that we experience as people who are trying to embrace this life by faith and experience three different things. It was trials, tragedies, and triumphs. The first room was someone walking through trials. The second room was someone experiencing deep tragedy. And then the third room was someone experiencing 
triumph, something victorious, okay? And every single day and every week and every month and every year that goes by, including 2024, we will encounter as God's people, as people of faith, those three things, trials, tragedies, and triumphs. I want to explain a little bit, okay? Because most of us, uh, if we were to vote for ourselves, we would just love the third room, <laughs> the third door to walk through. I want triumphs. I want victorious uh, living. I want victory in every decision I make. But that is not the life of faith. That is a life of comfort. And that is not the life that we see in the scriptures. And it's not the life that Jesus walked. Jesus walked in triumphant victory as the risen Savior. But he also experienced trials here on earth. He also experienced and witnessed many tragedies, okay? And so trials are these. It's, it's a test of faith. If you want to put it down and boil it down, it's a test. Trials that we walk through and that you might have to walk through in 2024, it's a test of, of patience. It's a test of your stamina, a test of your endurance and perseverance. It, it's supposed to try you. It's something that feels like suffering or hardship. It's something that you're walking through, but it's a test. It's a trial. It's not forever, but it is testing you. And look what James, book of James, look what it says. Chapter one, it says, consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, not just one kind, it's saying, hey, many kinds here, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing, okay? Not lacking anything, okay? So every year brings with it trials. So what am I saying? I'm, in, I'm saying embrace perseverance through the trials that are part of God's strategy to mature his people. We do not get to take on another year and only take on the triumphant victories. We have to be prepared for trials. I'm not voting them into my life and I'm not praying them over your life, but I am saying if they come or when they come, we have to understand God uses trials to mature us. And why does he do it? He says so that we can be mature and that we can be complete, not lacking anything. You ever open like an, I, I, you know, a box of furniture, an Ikea box, or maybe another piece of furniture or something that you purchase and it's missing a piece or missing a tool or missing something and you can't complete the project, right? In the same way, trials come and they're working to complete something in us that needs to be finished. And that's how God works. I wish he worked different, but that's how he's chosen to work. By his sovereign hand, in his glory, he chooses to work through difficulty and adversity in our life. He uses trials, okay? So those are times of testing, okay? But guess what? Times of refreshing by the Holy Spirit also come. For every time there's been trials in my life, the Holy Spirit has brought times of refreshing, and yes, those trials have tested me and they've been difficult and they've been hard, but God has refreshed me and rebuilt me and reestablished me so that I could walk on solid ground into the next season. You have to remember that through any trial, it's only a season. It's only a test. It's not forever. It may feel like forever. Sometimes the test feel is three years long. Sometimes it's five years long, but it's not forever. We have to get our spirit around this fact. God uses trials to mature us. When we're going through trials, other people are looking at us. They're watching our life. 
They're watching our faith. They're listening to our language. They're listening to our mindset. And God wants to use the trials we go through to encourage people in their faith, okay? First Peter says this, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So he's saying, don't act like you're surprised because you're a child of God. Don't be surprised and don't act like you're surprised when this trial comes upon you, when it comes upon you, not if, but when, don't act like it's something strange that's happening to you. But don't we do that? Don't we say, why is this happening? I can't believe this is happening. This doesn't make sense. Well, it should make sense. Because as believers, we are caught up in warfare every day. We're not just fighting for our life. We're fighting for a generation. We're fighting for a business. We're fighting for a family. We're fighting for a marriage. We're fighting for a future. We're fighting for our city, for our neighborhood. There's always a fight. And we're instructed, hey, don't be surprised when it comes upon you, okay? Know the reality of it. There's a saying that you've probably seen. It says, be kind for everyone is fighting a hard battle. If you go around our church, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, you go around our church, every single person in the seat next to you, to the right, to the left, in front of you, behind you, guarantee you, they're fighting a hard battle. Somewhere in their life, there's a hard battle that they are persevering through. And God is using that to change them. Jesus said it like this. I've, had, I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace because in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So faith understands that today's trials are tomorrow's trophies. Today's trials are tomorrow's trophies. There's things I've overcome. There's things I've been tested in. I can hold those as trophies to the glory of God. Not trophies for Daniel, trophies for the glory of God. God got me through that. God pulled me through that. God accelerated my growth through that difficult time. And now it's a trophy of God's grace that stands and reflects on him and his grace and his strength, okay? Last verse about trials here, because I really want to make sure we're grabbing onto this. James 1, 4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I wanted to say that one again, because we shouldn't act surprised when trials come our way, okay? These battles are fashioning us. They're forming us into the people God wants us to be. Secondly, that door that I went in in that dream represented tragedies. Okay, what is a tragedy? It's an event causing great suffering, destruction, distress, serious accident, crime, natural catastrophe, disastrous event, distressing loss, injury to a person's life. You know, tragedy happens every day, maybe not to us, but around us. People are walking around tragedies here in our city, relatives, friends, difficulties. But we see in the Bible, tragedy was all over the place. It was life. You know, David, you know, his own son, Absalom, betrayed him and tried to kill him. David was a man that God anointed as a young boy. He anointed him and appointed him as king over Israel. And David had to walk through the tragedy of his own son betraying him, turning people against him, leading an army of people to try to kill him. Okay, tragedy is all throughout the scripture. Joseph was betrayed by his own brothers. He lost out on years of family and friends and, quote, what could have been. He lost out, yet God redeemed that situation and used him in a different way. 
John the Baptist, the man who baptized Jesus, the man who said, you know, behold the Son of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one who declares Jesus in that manner, okay? Well, he gets put in jail and he gets executed, okay? The Bible is filled with tragedies. Stephen was the first martyr in the faith, stoned to death. The Apostle Paul, beaten, left for dead. I would say that's pretty tragic. You know, when you look at this tragedy, sadly, it's a part of life and ministry. It's part of following Jesus, but God gives us perspective in his word for tragedy, okay? And every year brings this, maybe not in our lives, but in the lives of people around us. We have to help people understand about tragedy, okay? Um, God gave Janelle and I this verse many years ago when we were walking through a difficult situation, um, a health situation six, six, seven years ago. And it was this verse, 1 Peter 5.10, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. We took that verse, we felt the Lord gave it to us, we read that together. We pray that over our life. We pray that over our future. And now Janelle and I stand in a place that's restored, confirmed, strengthened, and established. But at the time, we were dealing with great tragedy. We were dealing with many trials. We were dealing with a, dealing with a lot of sorrow and difficulty. But we took hold of faith. We thought long-term. We thought eternal. We thought big picture. We did not put ourselves in the seat of victims. We chose to see in faith as victorious. We will live victorious lives. We will have a victorious marriage. We will have a victorious testimony. The enemy will not get the best of us. He won't get the best of our emotions. He won't get the best of our marriage. He won't get the best of our story. God is writing our story. And we worked our spirits through the difficult season to come out on the other side of tragedy, shining as gold, not defeated and laying in the dust, okay? but we understood trials and tragedy are part of life. Lastly, the part we love to talk about, triumphs, okay? Every year brings with it triumphs. So here's my question. What can you celebrate? What can you celebrate from this last year? What has God done? What doors did he open? What doors did he close that you're glad he closed? What can you be grateful for? You know, we, we serve a God who instructs us to be grateful, to be filled with thanksgiving, uh, to be people who are always caught up in, in prayer and thanksgiving and hope. And so again, life is testing that. It's testing whether or not we'll be grateful, whether or not we'll be hopeful, but we serve a God who encourages that, okay? I, I, I have... Something I thought would be good for, for us as a church. And, and I pray that you do this. I pray that maybe today or tomorrow, you make a list. You sit down, you actually take, take time to write out a list of the triumphs that have happened. Not just last year, but maybe even, even further back than that. And begin to read those things off and just thank God for them. You know, as I'm getting older, I'm recognizing that I used to just think life would always just be. It's just kind of guaranteed. 
And then you start to watch people pass away. You start to see people go through trials and they're different after them, or they go through tragedy and they don't recover. And you think, that could easily be me. You start to become a little more humble. You start to be more grateful for your life. And I want a church that's filled with grateful, humble people before the Lord because the Lord blesses humility. He says he blesses it. So what can you make a list about to look back on and say, God, thank you for this. Thank you for my health. Thank you that I overcame. Thank you that I finished well. I'll close with this, these last couple of verses. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 and 15 says, thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a heavy emphasis on the me part of life. And, and here God is saying to us that us, this thing we call human life, destiny, future, our life, my line for the future, everything ahead for the future. God is saying that life is like a sweet fragrance rising to God and it's spreading the aroma of Jesus Christ to everyone around us. Man, that's something big to live up to. That is something huge. That is forward thinking. That is kingdom thinking. That is long-term thinking. That is, that is bigger than, oh, I hope I have a good year next year in 2024. That is huge that God would think that much about us, that he would put that much responsibility on us and that much opportunity, and that it would affect the way we lead our business, the way we drive in traffic, the way we treat people that are strangers, the, the way we treat people who can do nothing for us. We're like a sweet perfume. Our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In him, in Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. I would say that's something that's triumphant and victorious, something to be grateful for. We have Christ's redemption. We're forgiven for our sin. The slate has been wiped clean. There's an eternal address in heaven that we're connected to. There's the empowering of the Holy Spirit in our life. We can be grateful that we have the redemption through his blood. There's a lot I could go on about this last year and what I'm grateful for. And I pray that you write a list of what you're grateful for. I pray that the trials, the tragedies, and the triumphs are all put into proper perspective as part of life, as part of what we go through as Christians, not just humans, but as people of faith that like Abraham are looking forward in uncertainty, in the unfamiliar saying, God, I see it because I see you. I trust because I trust you. And in that, I believe we're gonna find peace. We're gonna find hope. There's a few things I wanna read off. I'm so grateful for everyone who served this year. We have over 300 people currently serving on our serve team. Man, hats off to you. Thank you so much for impacting the body of Christ and serving people in all of these various areas in our church, from kids to hospitality, worship, parking lot, graphics, tech, audio, video, you name it. There are so many different areas and we're so grateful. And we thank you for impacting people's lives. Um, 72 people started serving this year. 
That's a great, great number that just so many new people leaned in and started serving. Um, we served over 415 people who were homeless this year as a church. As many of you know, we're, we're connected to different outreaches and we saw over 415 people served who were homeless. They were served, they were ministered to, they were loved on. Um, we also saw over 750 families with over 1,200 kids served through Jingle Mart. Thank you so much to all of our people, all of our teams who are involved in making that happen to bless kids and teens. Um, we had 57 baptisms. Praise God for people who were baptized. We had many people who were saved. I could go on. There's so many different things I could read, but um, $45,000 was given to local and worldwide missions, as well as helping church families in the congregation. Your tithes and offerings were used to not just bless the city, but people around our city and people beyond this city internationally and nationally. Thank you for that. Um, we had over 280 people attend a connect group. 165 participated in a Bible in a year program. I mean, these are just great, great stats that bonded us together, made us stronger. I believe today is a great day again for us to not only be grateful, but with faith like Abraham, put trials, tragedies, and triumphs in proper perspective, to look ahead to the year with faith, to write down some things we're grateful for, and to be grateful for all God has done. I'm praying for you. Can't wait to see you next Sunday. I pray that you have a happy and prosperous New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and all of this week. We will see you this coming Sunday at Grace Avenue Church at our regular service times. God bless you. Have a happy New Year. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.